Welcome to the Better You Project, where we will be discussing health, hormones, and aesthetics while using a blend of functional and anti-aging medicine. To make sure you're up to date on this and what's going on in the practice, be sure to follow us on Instagram at udirecthealth underscore aesthetics, as well as our website, www.udirecthealth.com. The following discussion is the opinion of nurse practitioner Lexi Yu. It is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. Please speak to your healthcare provider for your personal concerns about your health. Now let's jump right into the show. What's up, everybody? This is Lexi, and I have another guest with me today. This is Deanna, who's been a previous guest to the Better You Project, Optimizing Health, Hormone, and Aesthetics. And so today, what we're going to do is um, she's going to go over some of the different fillers um, that she has experience with and some of the rationales to why she uses them, location, side effects, and what... Um, what, what are some things to consider when choosing a filler? So first, I'd like to start off with just having Deanna introduce herself as far as her experience in aesthetics. Hey, Lexi, thanks a lot. So this is Deanna, Deanna McAllister. I own Vanish Aesthetics and Contouring. I have been a registered nurse for 15 years and injecting for almost nine now. Um, I got interested in the aesthetics world by just doing parties, you know, so Botox and fillers and traveling locations, and then just realized about four, well, almost five years ago that, you know, it was definitely a busy market, and it made more sense to have a home where people could come if they had an issue or just wanted to refer their friends. So we've been doing it stationary since September of 2015. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you did start off like like traveling to different locations doing yep. that. Yeah, we would have pretty large radius everywhere from possibly Broad Ripple to, you know, Bloomington to Columbus. So a big, a big circle. Okay, cool. All right. So I think probably one of the first questions I'd like to have you address is um, some of the things that you're looking for when you're selecting your fillers. I think the most important thing, well, let's just talk about choosing your injector. <laughs> So when you, when you choose an injector, I mean, most of your injectors have basic filler training, you know, Correct. basically they're, they're trained to read the guidelines of what the filler is and is not approved for from an FDA standpoint. And not all fillers are approved for the areas that we use them on. So that's when you get into off-label usage and, and how skilled your injector is and, and how much of an artist they are really to, you know, to use the different things they know about each filler in order to get the result that you're looking for. And so the big, some of the big words you'll hear are like G prime, which is the viscoelasticity or the firmness of the filler. Um, you'll hear about flexibility or cohesivity, and that has a lot to do with cross-linking and how well it stretches and contours along the, along the facial contouring. Tensile strength um, really has to do with the patient's skin and how that relates to the filler once it's placed. Um, the existing shape of the patient's face really needs to be considered. We have a lot of people that come in and they'll point to an area like, oh, I need to fix my nasolabial fold or, you know, I need, I need filler above my lip lines. And, and, and you have to consider, to, you know, that may not be what they actually need to treat the problem. That's really just the symptom. A lot of times for the nasolabial folds, the issues in the cheeks. Um, you have to look at expression and whether there's motion involved or not. And that's generally how I choose whether a filler is going to be flexible or not. G prime, which is the first thing I mentioned, really just provides more lift. So if you were to squeeze a bottle, or I'm sorry, a ball um, of gel between the fingers, how well does it hold shape on compression? 
Low G prime fillers are softer, more pliable, that makes them better for expression lines. Um, I've, I made a little bit of a list so people could understand from you know, either a stiffness or a fullness standpoint, which fillers have the highest G prime. And again, that would be the best lift. Radius is probably my top choice. It's the firmest filler on the market and has zero cohesivity, meaning it's not meant to stretch. You can almost think about this as large grains of sand that are very dense. They have a gel carrier. So once that gel carrier is placed, it pretty much dissolves. And what you're left is the HA particle, and I'm sorry, the calcium-based particle. This also differs from the regular um, fillers we're gonna talk about because it is not a hyaluronic acid. It does last about 18 to 24 months, and I use it the most frequently for rebuilding jaw lines or mid-face volume reconstruction. Um, I don't want it to move. We don't want it to move. So if you're gonna fix the cheeks and you're gonna fix an area that you don't want drooping and you're trying to pull back the face, then you definitely don't want it to, to kind of fold in. Um, <clears throat> Calcium-based fillers can't be dissolved. So this is not a filler that, you know, you're gonna, you should not find at just a general spa that doesn't have, you know, a lot of um, either on training on how to deal with emergencies or, you know, just familiarity with this particular filler at all. Deanna, have you had to, um, have you had any emergencies with Radius? Never. Never. Um, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it's my understanding <coughs> If, if one was concerned for, for an occlusion with this, really just hyper-diluting, you could even dilute with just saline, lidocaine. Yep. I mean, really just kind of because it's so smooth that you can just um, disperse the particles with just flushing, like just literally irrigation and flushing it out. I mean, is that yep. your understanding from the, from the research that you've done? It is. Um, I think where this may become problematic for people is if they leave and they don't recognize there's an occlusion you know, and then they come back, right? So again, you're gonna to wanna to choose a practice that's stationary, you know, that has the ability to take care of some type of an emergency or that somebody that you can reach the next day. So don't ever do this at a party. Yeah. <laughs> Radius should never be at a party. Right. Um, have, you, have you done any work with hyperdilution? I, I do see that there was a training that just came out through Galger, or through um, MERS as far as uh, some hyperdilution stuff and just some different areas. Have you experimented with that yet? We're actually on the schedule for the training. Cool. Um, we were supposed to do it mid-April, but it's been pushed back to June, obviously because of the, you know, the coronavirus. But yeah, yep, I absolutely have interest in it. I mean, a good friend of mine uses it for that on a regular basis, and that, that's Bridget with Pella Benita. She's she's really familiar with Radius, and she gets a lot of great results, especially when you start talking about crepiness in the middle of the neck or crepey skin of the face, you know. And I and I read the studies, and there's not a whole lot of incidence of nodules, so. I mean, I look, I'm going to probably start it on, you know, a little bit denser areas, maybe like the butt, the chest. I, I probably won't go straight to the face until I've seen it, you know, respond positively in my practice before I move it to the face, just because that's kind of how we, we like to do yeah. it. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm excited. I will, I'm excited to try it. That's for sure. And it, and it saves people money. I mean, honestly, sculpture is very expensive. It takes a long time to see results from Sculpture, and Sculpture is kind of the competitive product for the hyperdiluted radius, but, um, and we, we just don't buy it just because of the, you know, the expense, but it is an astounding product, and it's the same concept, it's type, type one collagen, yeah. basically. Okay. So your ne next one on the high G prime list is gonna be Restylane Lift. This is probably one of my all-time favorite products. I use it all the time for 
the cliffs. Um, a lot of times people will lose volume around the mouth. And I'm talking about the areas that don't necessarily have expression, like maybe directly underneath the lower lip, you know, kind of the chin area. Um, it, it just, it settles in softly. And the swelling is a lot shorter of a duration than radius. Does not have quite the same volume as radius. Doesn't last as long, but it is it just, the product just lays down beautifully. And it is very firm. I've definitely come to love it a lot more in the hands than Radius. Radius is the original certification for hand filler. Um, the lift just doesn't leave any nodules. You just don't have any risk for that, and it just lays down beautifully underneath the skin. Do you ever layer them? Like, do you ever go like Radius and then like layer maybe some lift on top? Like, at a, obviously at a waiting or a different time period, do you find that the combination works good together? Or do you just try to stick with one? I would do that in the cheeks, but I would not in the hands. And the only reason I say that is I feel like a lot of the clients that come to me for the hands, their skin is, the tensile strength of their skin is terrible. And a lot of times when you lay a really bulky, hard product in the hands and you've got so much laxity in the skin or it's paper thin, I just feel like from, from the way it looks, it just looks better with the lift. Okay. So. Interesting. All right. Traditional Restylane I use for everything. So if I ran out of all my fillers and I didn't get to choose between flexible, dense <coughs> lips, you know, and lines, I, 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 I default usually to traditional Restylane. Why is that? Just it, it, it again is the construct of basically sand, just a little bit bigger particle than the silk. It's not, um, it doesn't have a lot of cohesivity, so it's not sticky and flexible. So you can kind of mold it quite a bit. So whether I'm working around areas of the mouth, I'm fixing lip lines, um, maybe even doing like a non-surgical rhinoplasty. The, I don't, a lot of physicians will use it under the eyes. I just think it's too big, just a little bit too big um, underneath the eyes as you're too close to the surface of the skin there. Now, would you ever like dilute it with like either some PRP or some saline? If you not wish. I, if I didn't have if I didn't have silk on my table and uh, Bellatero, sure, you know, but gen but that generally that's not the case. Okay. Um. So no, I, I don't prefer to use that one underneath the eyes, but I use it just about everywhere else. Fine lines, superficial lines. I don't use it. You know, you got too much risk for Tyndall. You okay. don't want to see that bluish hue and different can you, lights. Yeah, say, can you explain what Tyndall is for maybe some people who don't know? Tyndall is a bluish hue that you can get when fillers placed too close to the surface of the skin. Um, you see it a lot more with Juvederm products, but you can also see it with some of the, you know, the traditional Restylane, the Restylane Lift products that are meant to be in just a little bit of a deeper plane. Okay. Silk, Silk and Bellatero, I have not experienced that with at all, and I will use those in very superficial lines um, or even, you know, lines in motion. And you had asked me a little bit about the rightids on the outside of the eyes or the crow's feet. Restylane Silk, Restylane Refine, and Bellatero are beautiful products, um, all three of those for that type of procedure. And it's not something that people do all the time. But if you think about it, some people will come back after getting discord of Botox and they'll say, well, I still feel like I can see my crow's feet. Well, there's all kinds of muscles that you are using that you are unable to freeze that contribute to laugh lines. You know, and the last thing we're going to do is drop your smile, right? So in order to keep the patient looking normal, you know, if they, if they truly have, you know, some kind of refractory line, 
you can place a little bit of filler very softly around the outside of the eyes to get them a more permanent change. Gotcha. And would you use, would you use like the regular syringe it comes with? Like, would you use like what kind of size needle? Would you I'd use a 30. a 30. I would use a 30 gauge needle. I would probably just do micro droplets. Um, very rarely do I thread unless it's with Bellatero when it's a fine line because Bellatero, you can literally be almost to the skin surface and you'll never see it. Um, but usually with silk, I, I would do a little tiny boluses and then just smooth them out with my thumb. Gotcha. Okay. And so next one is silk. Um, and all I want to also say, a lot of people will say, you know, when they want filler, you know, I really want to enhance the volume. You can get a beautiful lip from Restylane. And if you look at the comparison notes between it and Juvederm, um, you know, those are both flexible fillers and they're pretty, but there is no advantage from a particle size, um, you know, or a firmness of Juvederm over Restylane. In fact, I like the fact that I can manipulate the Restylane because it's not sticky, right? And that's why I prefer to use it over Juvederm in the lips. Healing time with Restylane is also half. So you put silk in the lips, you're probably significantly swollen for, you know, two to four days. Restylane, traditional Restylane, less than 48 hours, people are already starting to go down. So I have a lot less incidence of swelling with that one. Restylane Silk is a beautiful product. It came on the, pro on the market a few years ago, and I, I, I use it and use it and use it. So if a client comes to me and says, I don't want a huge enhancement of the lips, I really just want to treat some of the fine lines or it smooth out you know, the vermilion, then this is the product that I choose. Um, it was actually, it's one of the only ones that was ever manufactured for the lips specifically. It does have more upfront swelling. It just happens to take on a lot more water, um, but it just, it just lays down beautifully. And this is the one that I use under the eyes, external righted, superficial lines, and lips. Gotcha. Refine and define were... Um, kind of the next one down on the G prime. So we're getting about three quarters of the way down through the chart. Um, even though they still have some, you know, about 50% of the firmness of the fillers that we kind of started with, they have a lot of cohesivity. So they're super flexible. So when a patient comes to me and they have a lot of motion lines that they want to treat, um, maybe it's the marionette lines, nasolabial folds, things that I want them when they continue to make expression to not look fake, those are the products that I choose. And when I'm trying to figure out the difference between define and refine, it's just the depth of the line. So if they've had those nasolabial folds forever, um, I might layer those two products. I might do a layer of define and then go over top of it with refine. It's kind of a strategy for those two. Refractory leavens, you know, I also put it there because I do want it to move around a little bit. And let me just say, a lot of people were like, please put filler in my Bella. I hate doing that. In fact, I will make them go through two rounds minimum of this court to prove to me that those, you know, the residual lines are refractory. And then, and then we talk about the risk. You know, you see all those pictures of, of people with their noses half rotted off or, you know, all the tissue dying. It's serious, you know. Yeah, I know. The, it's true. Down between their eye, eyebrows and, and down their lip. And, and, you know, that's from inappropriate placement of that filler. So again, here we are back to choose your injector wisely because if they are willing to go ahead and do this, they better be 110% comfortable with the plane of skin that they're entering because you do not want to smash someone's artery in that area. 
Velotero Balance happens to be one of the finest and softest of all the fillers. It's about mid-range and flexibility, so it's not meant to be sticky. Lays beautifully underneath of the eyes, and you can get it as close to the skin as almost on the surface of the skin, and you'll never see it. I don't see a lot of nodules with this uh, one. Bellator, huh? sorry, with, with the under eye with the Bellator, are you using a cannula in the tear trough with that product in particular, or do you um, just inject directly? I'm 90% cannula, 10% not. And well, the only use it, the cannula. The only time I don't use a cannula is if the line that I'm looking at is deep enough that I really need to get a bolus um, down to the orbital rim. So really it's just patient specific. Very rarely do I have to do that. Very rarely. 99% of the time I use a cannula. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I always use a 30 gauge. A lot of reasons, a lot of people will say, oh, 27 is better. If you're not shoving it and you're not forcing it, you can softly, safely place a 30 gauge cannula without causing tissue damage. You just have to be patient uh, and, not for and not forceful. Um, Bilateral balance is one of the only ones that I will use in like paper thin areas, like fine, fine lines. A lot of people will get that cross hatching on their skin and they don't want to do microneedling, then you can actually place quite a bit of Bellotero, um, either a miniature bolus technique or sometimes threading, depending on the way that the lines are, are laying to treat those areas. And it does, it comes out beautifully. This one, unfortunately though, only lasts three to six months. So if you are putting it in an area of expression, it's going to break down faster. If you're putting it under the eyes, they might be getting six months. So again, I always default underneath the eyes back to wrestling and silk 90% of the time because of the longevity of it. It lasts a year. My Bellotero is only going to last six months. Okay. Okay. Um, Juvederms. Let's talk a little bit about those. So, you know, when I started out being an injector, I was definitely a Botox and Juvederm, you know, person. I didn't really know as much. I knew about traditional wrestling. I did use that product, but I didn't really have a preference in the beginning. I just went with what I knew and what I was taught. Juvederm Ultra and Ultra XC and Ultra both fall kind of in between refine and define in terms of flexibility. And so that was that cohesivity we were kind of talking about earlier. But it's actually 50% less firm than or pliable than silk. Hmm. So I always find it really strange that physicians or practices or practitioners use that product for mid-phase mid -phase volume or areas that I would normally place a filler with that, that I want to be firmer or more dense, right? It's stretchy and flexy, which is great for like movement lines, but that's not something I would expect to support deep structures. So when you talk about cohesive gels, the goal is just to retain a natural look with, with motion or expression. Voluma, um, I actually, I think it's a great product. Compare it when you compare it to Radius, since those are both structural fillers, um, it, it actually only has a CC versus a CC and a half. Still lasts 18 to 24 months. It's also an HA, so you can definitely break it down with hyaluronidase or something if you need to. But again, the particle itself is actually less firm than silk. Larger particle, but is not quite as pliable. Has a lot more flexibility. So again, this might be great in the same areas that you would put a refine or a define. Um, 
it's not it's not recommended for the lips i've seen people do it if you read the package it says no so don't don't let your provider do it i mean in terms of insurance it's not covered so that I, we rarely use it for anything other than deep nasolabial bolts in my practice gotcha velour and verbella these are two products i have never ever ordered i've never put them on my shelf you know they came out not you know it's kind of an answer really to galderma's refined be fine silk and lift fillers you know just so that there was um you know there was a competitive product that kind of functioned the same way that you could put it softly in the lips or you could put one of them underneath the eyes you know and get a beautiful and smooth result the problem is you know there's some studies out there that show some of the negative consequences for you know glycos technology which is it's out it's gal it's out allegans not galvana allegans um kind of patented um cross-linking for their juvenile products many of the studies showed delayed onset nodules some of the studies showed um, delayed onset infections um you know months up to four four to six months i think after placing the filler which you know the last thing you want to do is have something and think it's beautiful and, and be well beyond the dissolving stage when you've got to go in and kind of treat something and when you get a significant infection you know in in from filler it's it could be devastating sure, you know sure. it, it can have some devastating consequences on all the tissues around it you know your your nodules and stuff for the most part are pretty easy to treat but again it's a surface irregularity that you have to look at constantly until it's gone so I just don't, I don't use these products because to me, they're not predictable enough. And so we, we are a, um, we are a wrestling, you know, heavy facility for that reason. Do you have to dissolve or do you have you, when you're encountering some of these nodules, are they generally obviously by other providers that you're having to fix or maintain, or do you try to revert the patient back to the previous provider who placed the filler? You know, I guess what's common courtesy as far as an injector, you know, getting a patient. Cause so I don't know if you recall, but I actually had a patient from a derm office who had, um, I think she might've had voluma in her cheeks and uh, she had a nodule. And I don't know if you remember, I called, this was like, I don't know. Maybe yeah. years ago, I called you. I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. Cause I don't even, I don't even carry voluma in that. I, I don't even know how to, you know, yeah. nodule. Um, so I, I guess, what do you normally do with that? Like, well, first of all, I just say, you know, can you feel it or see it? Right. If it's a nodule, she can feel, but she can't see it. Let it be, especially if it's a, if, if it's in a mid face injection or deep, deep injection. Um, cause a lot of times they can get them, you know, around, especially with some of the, you know, the Vicross technology around the yeah, major folds. and you can palpate it. Or if you push the skin up, you know, you can see it, but it, but when she's just making a normal expression or, or even a flat affect, if you can't see it, I just tell them just leave it alone. Right. Because it's not really worth their time because, you know, to go in and, and, and dissolve it because you're not going to just end up dissolving that nodule. It'll dissolve the filler around it. Right. So it kind of, you just got to kind of work with the patient and really make them understand that, you know, here, okay, here's your options. You know, yes, you can dissolve it, but it's most likely you're going to dissolve all the filler that was in that right. area. So if it's not really something they can see, I just say, let it, let it be. Um, now in the lifts, I've encountered a lot of those and you know, there's, there's two different ways I approach that. If I can do their second round of filler 
and they can still retain a nice shape. And it's just a nodule they feel that you not necessarily see it unless they're really trying. Um, and, you know, I just kind of leave it up to them to leave the filler in there and then for me to accentuate what should have been done, you know, kind of in the first place. I've had a nodule big enough where I have told the client, we need to dissolve this first before we go in and do your fillers. Gotcha. And I, and I don't dissolve and fill the same day. I want the hyaluronidase to be gone. So I just bring them back in a couple days later and okay. then place the filler. Um, the other thing is sometimes you can, you can manipulate it and it's not the nodule you would think that's, you know, possibly, you know, wrapped with, you know, um, tissue. It sometimes is just filler that has migrated. So what I do for those clients, especially with my lips, always, I always make them come back in two weeks. So let me make sure nothing's moved and I don't have to massage anything. And usually if they have something and we just do a really light massage or even a, a hard massage, it's gone. Right. So that's why it's also very important to go back for your follow-up. Go back for your follow-up. If there's something that you don't like or something that's not even or something that's wrong, you go back to that provider. But I've never had a problem dissolving somebody else's work if I have to. Now I have pursued patients that came in thinking they had nodules and it turned in to be a very serious infection. Um and again from a filler that an office had purchased that was not even in the US. <laughs> They couldn't track it. So, you know, again, know your injector. <laughs> yeah. um, I made a small list for people, just a little bit of a cheat list. Um, so when you are, you know, kind of looking at the schedule and Googling and doing your research, I made just kind of a quick cheat sheet for people to think about when they're trying to pick fillers for certain areas. So I'm just going to read those off to you, Lexi. And yeah, we'll put them in the show notes too. So if people want to go back and pull them up, they'll be in the show notes. Okay. So, you know, for cheeks, I always use lift or radius, jawline, um, radius or lift. If I'm going to do a nose, I use traditional wrestling or lift. Nasolabial folds, define or refine. Again, if you guys remember, I was talking a lot about that flexibility. I want, I want that filler to move. Um, the under eyes, I always use silk or bellotero. Temples, which is something we didn't really talk about, um, that's actually that actually contributes a lot of the times to the brows lowering. Um, you know, it's the hollowness that we look at when people really feel like they're aged. I use radius and lift for those areas. Lips, my ninety percent of the time go-to is silk or traditional Restylane. You can also use refine or define in the lips, but generally speaking, I just use silk or traditional Restylane. Fine lines around the lips, silk or bellotero, corners of the mouth, refine or define. Marionette lines, lift, Restylane L or define. Marionette lines don't always present in motion lines. I don't know if, that, if I'm explaining that well, but if you get a good enough descent from the mid face down, there's not a lot of movement that you have to be concerned with. So sometimes you have to rebuild. And that's why I mentioned um, lift or traditional wrestling. The define comes into play when you do have some movement um, in that lower area. Crow's feet, I use silk, bellotero, or refine. And then for number 11s, I'll use silk or refine. And those are kind of my go-to products. Okay, cool. Um, well, I think that covers a lot of, obviously some of the questions I had. Um, as far as like, you know, practice and education, if you had to like make two recommendations for like a newer injector, like Carmen, for example, my office, what would be two things that you would recommend just to make sure that 
not only she's staying safe, but like she's staying up to date on recommendations and, and making sure that she's, you know, um, following, you know, up to date stuff. Like, do you have like a go-to resource that you use or, I mean, I know you and I go to conferences all the time. That's kind of like our fun thing that we always do together, which yeah. is helpful, but, um, do you well, have, that was, I do honestly, I, I know this sounds ridiculous, but now my thing is to really go, I'll do like a lot of, I'll do a lot of Instagram and I find some, you know, first of all, if I find a lips that I like or some outcomes that I like, I'll follow that provider, watch their demos. You know, for me, I thought it was important, even though I had a lot of experience with fillers to bring out the trainers from every single one of the lines, every different product and to hear their version of why they do what they do versus maybe what I was taught. I go to conference three times a year. Um, I try to pick conferences with different demonstrations every single time. I mean, the more hands-on sure, you get, sure. the more you're going to learn. Galderma has great resources and even Allergan does. So even though I don't use a lot of Allergan products, you know, injection techniques, a lot of the basics are standard, right? Sure. So, so I will go to either one of those sites. So Allergan one or Galderma gain and, 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 you know, just kind of rewatch videos. I don't, you know, I've been doing this long enough. I don't always like the techniques that some of the trainers, you know, use. And then every now and again, I'll stumble upon a, a training, you know, that I'm like, whoa, you know, that's great. I never thought of that, you know? So I try to keep an open mind and just watch as many live demos as I can just to, just to stay up with it. Yeah. Did you see that wrestling kiss came out yesterday? I did. And they're not launching it yet, but I'm curious about it. I haven't, I don't have like it's, I don't have the information on it yet. I don't have yeah. the G-Prime. I don't know how yeah. flexible it is. I know it's going to be for the lips. So it's, I guarantee you it's going to be somewhere between the silk and the D-Fine. The question is where? Where does it land on the spectrum? So for sure. always, always excited when they come out with new products. Just always still skeptical until I get my hands on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. So our plan this year is to get out to um, uh, Aesthetic next. Where, where's that? We're going to Dallas, and that's going to be they move the date to September. So that's one of our plans. And then Dan and I usually go to a couple of the trainings that are offered locally through our reps. Usually, uh, Galderma has a couple really good ones that you can um, go to. And honestly, all of those are helpful. And getting as much experience as you can, finding some good injectors. I'm very fortunate to have Deanna <laughs> that I can call at six in the morning when I'm panicking for something. <laughs> <laughs> or later on at night at 10 o'clock and she will always answer my questions because she's amazing like that. So um, if you have any questions, you can email. I'll put the, in the show notes, I'll put her email, my email. Um, don't flood her email too much because I always do. But if you have any questions that we can um, answer for you, we'll try to. All right. Thank Excellent. Thank you. Thank you.